If you're like me and looking to cut back on alcohol this year, Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. They've recreated the cocktails you know and love, like their Ginger Lime Mule and Grapefruit Paloma, which happen to be my favorites. You can enjoy the flavors and feelings of those cocktails without the booze. Zero proof, zero compromise. Listeners can get 15% of the Recess Mocktail Sampler at takearecess.com slash autocallMAFS. You guys know I don't drink very much. So Recess is a great substitute while everybody else imbibes. It's a lightly sparkling mocktail infused with functional ingredients like uplifting guayusa and stress-balancing adaptogens. Whether you're relaxing after work or hanging out with friends, make Recess Mocktails your drink between drinks or your forever mocktail. Get 15% off Recess Mocktails now at takearecess.com slash altercallMAFS so you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. Ladies, you know that vicious week before your period where you feel like you want to crawl out of your skin, you feel a little bit down or off, and those cravings when you feel like you can eat anything in sight? Well, there's a solution for that. Now it's easier to manage your PMS with estrogen control. You have to try Hormone Harmony. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality. And it shows. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ALTERCALLMAFS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S for 15% off today. Hi, I'm Tane. And I'm Aid, and this is Alter Call, a Married at First Sight podcast. <clears throat> Hi, everyone. Hi, Aid. How are you? I'm good, Tane. How are you? I'm good. Welcome to episode seven. I was trying to count. I'm like, there's, I think there's 19 episodes, so this is episode seven, so we still have a ways to go, but we've made some progress. <laughs> Listen, ever since you told me oh, when we counted on air, like, we're here to, like, April, and I think we were in January at that point, I was like, I've, I'm not going to count. It is what it is. <laughs> Whenever we get there, we get there. <laughs> that, that's the best way to live, Tane. I won't mention it ever again. <laughs> I'm glad you're, have you settled back into normalcy, like after your long drive and you move and all that? Are you good now? Almost there. <laughs> There's still, I feel like moving never ends. I'm like, I got to change my plates. I got to get a new license. I have an appointment to get an easy tag. And none of these things are like urgent, but I'm the type of person who like, it needs to be done as soon as possible so I can feel like this is complete. All right. I'll check in again. <laughs> That's me again in a month. <laughs> Okay, do we have anything to tell the people this week? Guys, we recorded Love is Blind, in case you miss it. Season two, it's on our Patreon. The first five episodes came out. So this is part one. And then when the season is finished, we will do part two. And then next week, we're going to do Sister Wives because their non-reunion finale is ending this weekend. And yeah, that's what's going on over on Patreon. Yeah, you guys should check it out because it was fun to record. I mean, spoiler alert, I hate everyone, but I, it, it, it was still fun. I still find Love is Blind entertaining, despite the fact that I can't stand the entire cast. <laughs> I said it. The premise is sound. <laughs> Much like Married at First Sight. 
the concept is good. You can insert the people in and make of it what you will. Well, you know, Love is Blind is the classier sister of maths. It's kind of like Cheesecake Factory and Grand Lux. Grand Lux is the higher. But they brought maths caliber people (laughs) to Love is Blind this season. (laughs) So, but yeah, guys, check it out. It was fun to record and I hope it's fun for you to listen to. So next up is our question of the week. As we have asked, um, we ask that you guys send us questions. And so one question that we got, I think from multiple people, is would you ever do Married at First Sight? I mean, I can't because I'm married. But if I wasn't (laughs) married. (laughs) You've been watching the show longer than you since you've been married. So before you were married, would you have done Married at First Sight? Yeah, I was getting there. I was like, but if I wasn't married, that would still be a no. It's a no for me, dog. For many reasons. One, I think I'm a private person. I don't know. I can't do it. I would feel so exposed. I always give them kudos every season for how they share their lives, how they do things. I can't even imagine having to marry someone that I've never met, be in a hotel room, and I want to poop. What am I supposed to do? In front of them? I can't do that. <laughs> Number two, I cannot handle all of the comments. I can't even listen to comments or reviews on our podcast you think i can handle it for maps no it's a no i can't (laughs) how about you i feel like it's a no but full disclosure when they came to dc i put in an application just for fun something you didn't know about aid and i knew that they would never pick me because i'm not skinny and they don't do non-skinny girls on maps but i was like let me just Go through the questionnaire. It was very long. It took it took some time. But um, in terms of like reality TV, I was very close to being casted on House Hunters. Um, yeah. You did <laughs> like ask I, me if I was free. Yeah, I made it much further in that process. Um, but I think if push came to shove, there's no way I would do it. No, I don't want my personal business out there like that. Oh, it's a lot. But yeah, I hope that answers the question and thank you for sending in a question all right Tane. what's going on on the socials all right on the socials the big big news of the week is woody and amani are pregnant yay i don't think anyone saw that coming i didn't see it coming but then i'm like this man wanted to impregnate her on the honeymoon <laughs> if we didn't mm-hmm. see what's coming it's our own fault um <laughs> as much as i love woody and amani they do take a lot of pictures. <laughs> is that a bad thing or? It's just an observation. I, I mean, oh. yeah, ba- we're having a baby photo shoot. I totally understand. But then I was like, I took a little while for it to register that this was a special announcement because they just do a lot of very nice pictures that they post. Yeah. I mean, they're public figures now. And then they're pretty people. Why not? Bless us with your prettiness. We'll take it. But I mean, you're right. He's been trying to impregnate her for a while and they've talked about it in couples cam. Amani has always been like, give it time, give it time. I think, correct me, I don't know if I'm right, but she said something about two years, let's settle down, let's know each other. So they're right on schedule. I read a snippet of their People Magazine announcement or Essence Magazine, I could be wrong. Um, And she was feeling sick. And Woody just thought she was pregnant already. And he made her take a pregnancy test. And she did. And it was negative. 
she was still feeling sick and he's like take another pregnancy test like he was just convinced he probably knew when he put a baby in her and <laughs> she took a test and she was pregnant she was eight weeks pregnant at the time when she found out so right now she's 24 weeks so congratulations to them how fun it's so fun watching their journey they're a reminder of how how good maps could be exactly exactly yeah um we got a message from a listener which i found interesting hi anna thank you for sending us a message and she let us know that the apartments that they're living in aid i'm sure you find this interesting because you like to look up the apartments that they live in is in hope i'm saying this right revere which is actually not in the city but it's like a little outside of boston and, you know, Anna thought that they were going to be in an area that was built up recently that's, you know, like in the seaport area of downtown, which has so many new condo stores and restaurants. So maybe Alyssa was disappointed and she's like, eh, I'm not going to fight for this. <laughs> but Because of Anna's message, I looked up where the apartment is, where downtown Boston is and where Situate is. And if she was trying to be in the city... Even Rivera was much closer than Situate. <laughs> <laughs> so, so thank you for that piece of information. Um, Diana and Greg's clothing line accessory is growing, and they're looking to hire a part-time manager that's preferably in Charlotte. So, all our listeners who are in Charlotte, if you're interested, get in there and then spill the tea. Um. Johnny seems to still be with his girlfriend. Um, they went to Nashville together. I'm not sure if it was like a group trip because I know Rachel just went to Nashville. Oh. So, but I don't I didn't see any pictures together. Like they always take pictures together. But yeah, Johnny and his girlfriend had a good time in Nashville. Speaking of Nashville, my best friend and I are taking a trip and we're considering Nashville. And I'm not gonna lie, like part of it was Rachel's pictures look really good too. <laughs> Looks like good food and a good time. <laughs> I actually went to her blog to go see all the places she went see, to. See, this is news to me that Rachel even has a blog. Or the, I, I think it's news to me, blogs to me seem so like 10 years ago, that I'm surprised when people still have them and there's like other people still read them. It's like a piece of media that I've like left behind. Yeah, I love books. I love reading. You know when people always say, oh, it's so long, I don't want to read. I'm just like, I want to read. People that don't like long comments, I love it. Bring it on. But yeah. I want to say good for Johnny, but I used to wish that he would remain single so he would learn his lesson. But, you know, life doesn't work that way. Um, Haley and Virginia spent Valentine's Day together. Uh, Haley is in Atlanta. And my final update is Virginia went on her stories to talk about Alyssa and how she's been hearing about it. She started out by letting us know that she's not watching the current season. She did not watch the previous season and has not even finished watching her season because it's triggering. And then proceeded to tell us that we're probably being too hard on Alyssa, that we don't see a lot of what is happening behind the scenes. And there could be something for her not to want to be around him, that he's probably doing stuff. And remember that it reminds her a lot of Haley during their season and she was there. I feel like Virginia takes pride in saying, I was there. I know. I'm an insider. And that, you know, there were things that she's privy to and, you know, and Haley got a lot of backlash. And she thinks that's what's happening with Alyssa. 
Which is fine, which is fair, but what is so irritating is you haven't watched, you haven't seen that they didn't even interact. As Chris tells us a hundred million times, they only interacted for like 40 minutes. So yeah, they have offline conversations, but it started way before the offline conversations, but she kept going on and kept going back and just standing by her word. And it's just, don't start by saying you don't watch and then give your opinion. We don't care. I mean, the option to say nothing was always there, Virginia. She's constantly looking for relevancy. Yeah, it's never an option for her. But um, that's all I got. The one other thing that's a very that's kind of varying from social media is Maps Australia is on right now. That's a whole different universe. I just wanted to bring up that we have an American that is cast on the show this season, and he's from Texas. And when his bride found out that he was from Texas, she was very worried. She was like, oh, my God, he's from Texas. I mean, the thing that comes to mind. And then she makes a face and she's like, you know, the Trump thing. (laughs) (laughs) And then she goes, you know, and guns. Like, you know, I'm very (laughs) worried. That's what I was waiting for. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, even all the way from Australia, that's where it is. And, you know, he's not representing america so bad in fact he's a narcissist and uh it's not looking good as of last episode he's walked out but it's a fun ride but i just wanted to mention our math sister show over on the other side of the continent and uh, there's a texan representing us in a bad way you guys i tried to watch maths australia we even did a bonus episode and then there was no follow-up to that bonus episode because I could not finish. There were too many episodes. And this is when they aired it in the U.S. where I think they edited it down a little. And I was still like, there's too many episodes. These people are awful. And apparently there's only been like one successful couple in the history of the whole show. And they have like 10 couples a season. 11. And there's only been three, but we'd lasted in probably like four or five now. The entire thing. Out of 60-something couples, they've only been like... I was like, I'm just going to stick with America, you know? It's really bad. I will say the matchmaking this season is pretty good. On paper, the matchmaking is pretty damn good. Like, they got it right and they had it, but it's just that they cast awful people. We mentioned in our bonus episode, Maps Australia participants, right after the show ends, you are guaranteed to have a makeover. There's going to be lips, there's going to be things pulled, there's going to be weight loss, there's just going to be surgery involved, and they just go on the show to be influencers. So, Anyways, back to the normies, also known as our American couples this season. (laughs) Calling them normal (laughs) is probably a stretch, but I'm going to roll with it. All right. (laughs) Let's do it. So in the episode description, before I even started watching the show, the description says four and a half couples move into their (laughs) (laughs) The shade. (laughs) So we see them all on the bus together, leaving Puerto Rico. Thank God they can ride a bus together. See, this honeymoon has been healing. Um, I noticed Steve and Noy are wearing their masks backwards. Like the blue part is supposed to be out and the white part is supposed to be in. Oh, my God, Aid. Are you one of those? I had one woman correct me in public, and I was like, excuse me, my nose is covered. That's all that matters. I mean, it is all that matters. But PSA, if you wear one of the surgical masks, the blue part is supposed to be out. That's that's all. (laughs) So we see everybody walking into the apartments. These apartments look nice. Now, I say this all the time. Tane, what do you think of the apartments? I think they look nice. 
but they look nice because from everything we saw in all the houses and apartments in Boston, uh, not their strong suit. Um, thanks to Anna, I looked up how much these apartments cost. For a two-bedroom, they start at like twenty-seven fifty, going up even further. Furnished? Um, that was unfurnished. <laughs> I oh. did feel whoever is doing the decor in Boston is better than previous. Like their pillow game is stronger, their decor game is stronger. The furniture actually fills the room. Maybe I'm giving too much credit, but I thought it looked nicer than previous seasons. Even nicer than Houston? Nothing was nicer than Houston. The decor. I think the decor in Boston. Yeah, I think it's better. Okay, got it. I didn't notice that, so. (laughs) Lindsay's like, look at the pool. So they're getting their advertising on. Noi really loves it. I was just waiting for her to say, it's so cute. And she did. (laughs) Thanks, Noi. Um, And then we start with everybody, you know. So Lindsay and Mark... Lindsay asks if he has any laundry. Then he talks in an interview about how she's a nurturing and a caregiver and he likes it. She starts on this whole thing about his water bottle and sustainability. Um, Lindsay's, a, Lindsay's an environmentalist, it seems. Mm-hmm. They talk about how they have to go to his apartment to get his stuff. And then they lie in bed and there's some weird music. Um, Mark says in an interview that she's a little much 24 hours a day, but he'll never get bored. I feel like he's being repetitive with this. We've heard this a few times now. Mm-hmm. They lie there in bed. It's kind of, I don't know if it's weird, but she's like, we're supposed to be relaxed. And I don't understand why these people think that we think that they're going to bed when the lights are fully on and there's a full camera crew there. <laughs> like, But they just lie there together and laugh, which is a good sign. Yeah. Next is Katina and Olajuwon. They walk in. She starts do exploring the kitchen, and he's like, "See, you've got no excuse. They've got they've, there's a little tray. There's pots and pans." And he's like, "Are you gonna act out cooking?" He's looking for visuals. Um, and Katina says in an interview that she's used to going out to eat, but he's made it clear that he wants home cooked meals. He keeps on drilling it in her mind. This is where I'm like, Katina really likes this man. Yeah. <laughs> she I'm really like... is willing to accommodate this nonsense. If it was me, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't know why she's agreeing to this. Like, listen, some advice that they give is don't start something you can't finish. Don't start to cook for this man because then he expects it for the rest of you, you guys' life. So if you can't cook, just start with low expectations. Oh, I'm not cooking. And then when you do cook, it'll be a pleasant surprise. But, um, yeah, he said something about, I don't know if you caught that, when he said... He's used to just having the peanut butter and jelly, but he has a wife now, so you can't do that. I'm like, did they stop selling peanut butter in the store when they gave you your wedding ring? You can still have peanut butter and jelly. You'll be all right. It's the dumbest thing. So weird. She says she promises to put her best foot forward to make sure that he's well fed every day. I am horrified. Hmm. Next is Steven Noy. Noy's nervous about living with someone you barely know. She doesn't know if her quirks will go well with his. They do this whole thing about whether his feet will fit in the bed because he's a tall man. I feel like they get these people like full beds. Maybe not even a <laughs> queen. Can we not get these people a king size bed? What's wrong with you, Mavs? I think it's queen. I think it's a queen bed. Okay. I just think the rooms are small and then the bed takes over. <laughs> then, then we have Noi. And I understand they have to fit a camera crew in the bedroom a lot. So they probably planned for that too. Um, 
Then we have no, the start of noise things that she does not compromise on. <laughs> this one being the dog sleeping in the bed. They have an extended conversation where he's like, can the dog sleep in a dog bed? Can the dog sleep on your side? She's like, no, the dog has to sleep right in the middle in between us. There's nowhere else that the dog can sleep. I'm poor. I felt, I mean, you know me an animal. So I'm just looking at Steve like, yeah, dude. But he's, I don't know. He's compromising, going along with it for now. Listen, I know we're not dog lovers, but I don't, I don't understand why you can't compromise for your human husband. Like, I, I just, she's just like, he has to stay in the bed with them. Is that, is that normal? Like, I know people sleep with their pets. It's not that. But how does sex work? I, I, I don't get it, I guess. <laughs> if someone wants to explain it to us, because I don't get it either. I... In my opinion, Steve is doing the right thing. Steve may be doing the wrong thing because he's not actually willing to sleep with this dog, but he's just trying to work his way into getting out of this thing that he does not want to do. He's like, yeah. if I just wait, maybe I can talk her out of this. Interesting strategy. We'll see how it goes. But I guess I'm just like, would you rather have your dog or your human husband? Sometimes in life you have to pick, and uh, it's up to you which choice you want to make. I mean, well, you know, we, it, a lot of owners say they love their dogs more than humans so um <laughs> humans are complicated edibles are simple and that's why people love animals so on to Alyssa and chris chris says he's taking his first shift chris says that she decided not to move in but he's all or nothing he had planned to he had packed to move in so he's moving in um he says he's stuck to this day hearing from the grapevine why they might be incompatible tattoos political views and then he tells us that he doesn't have her phone number, which we learned on After Party last week that this girl would not give him a phone number. Mm-hmm. When he said the political views, that was the first time that we've heard that. We've heard everything else. Like, he's rude, he's condescending, and then political views came from nowhere. I was like, wait, what? What are we missing? And you know how Mavs loves political views. They like to stay away from that. So, um, I don't know if you noticed that he was wearing that shirt that I said he's always wearing, the blue one, but he was wearing it again. <laughs> I did not notice. <laughs> he, Chris says he's going to sit back and let her take the lead. So next up is Jasmina and Michael. Michael asked Jasmina, are you nervous about living with a man? And she says, no, she's used to living with a guy because her current roommate is a guy. And he said he's never lived with a woman. Mm. Last week, I tried to make the point, because we saw him do this lie, um, and I was like, well, maybe he just didn't, like, he meant in a romantic sense. Okay, no. <laughs> um, they already showed us in the preview that he has a girl roommate, and it is very, very clear that this would be the time to say, if you, yeah, I have a girl roommate, and he just chose not to do it. So let me say this. I am with you. I agree with you. But we have a listener from Morgan. Who says that her first thought was she'd imagine that that wouldn't be her first thought, that platonic roommates wouldn't have come to mind that that's what she meant, that, you know, since he was raised by a bunch of uh, his sisters, raised by women, and if a significant other asked, have you ever lived with a woman, that she just assumed they meant it in a romantic sense, and it legit wouldn't have come to immediate mind that Jasmina meant a, a woman in general. But Jasmina specifically says my current roommate is a guy. 
I'm with you. I'm just giving a different <laughs> point of view. Like uh, Morgan said, it wouldn't come to my. I would because she. You'll talk about it, but she brought up great examples. That part of the wedding is a great time to say me too. <laughs> the equivalent, but uh, it was very odd. It was so odd, especially him looking shifty. It was odd. <laughs> they have a discussion about who's if they're staying there tonight. And for us regular mass watchers, we're like, what is this discussion? <laughs> <laughs> the rules say you, you, you're moving in together. So she goes on this whole spiel about doggy daycare. You can't put your child into any school. What is the dogs? Once again, the animals. Because this situation <laughs> comes up multiple seasons where people have to deal with their dogs and daycare. I'm like, but who was the, where was the dog this whole time you were on the honeymoon? Okay. And you knew when you were getting married to take care of that. Like, at least once you started the process, you should have figured all that out. So, and I mean, I didn't believe it anyways. She kind of went a little back and forth about, oh, yes, the dogs. But she thinks it's good to have time for herself instead of jumping back into it without having a clear head. Michael says her taking time away is not healthy and it's not a good way to start the marriage. And he says every time we have a disagreement, we shouldn't just go somewhere else to sleep. And she's like, no, no, it's a dog. Mm -hmm. I didn't believe her. (laughs) (laughs) Mike says it's not what he envisioned. He's not sure it's the real reason. And she makes a joke about him keeping the house clean, which is kind of good in the sense that you're like, okay, well, she's coming. She intends to come back. Yeah. Uh, Stephen, back to Stephen Noy. They talk about how it's nice to wake up together. Um, we also see, uh, Lindsay and Mark brushing their teeth. And I was like, what is wrong with you people? You know, you want to catch these shots of people brushing their teeth. Why did you pick an apartment with a bathroom this tiny? You need the big double sink so you can get your shots of toothbrushing. I don't think they have that in Boston. I'm sure somewhere has double sinks. <laughs> Not that you can within tell. within within budget. <laughs> Up the budget then. Find you some double sinks. Um, Dr. Viviana says it's difficult to not move in together, but we can't force anyone. So now it's time for people to go to each other's houses, which is actually a pretty good part of the process. I will say, as Tane has mentioned, this cast is not really selling anybody on Boston real estate. No, they're not. Like, whoa. I, not even one. Um, so we start off with Steve going to Noy's tiny ass apartment. Just, I feel bad laughing. Like, I have lived in some small spaces before, but... I think what happens is once you move out of that small space, you're like, oh, I'm never going back to that again. And then you watch mm-hmm. the show and you're like, oh, my God, it's so small. Mm-hmm. Um, Noy says that it's important that the dog loves him and he holds Sushi the dog. This man is faking it so hard. <laughs> he does not want to <laughs> hold that dog. <laughs> Steve asks, is he house trained? house trained and Noi kind of gives him a look like how could you imply my precious baby doesn't know how to use the bathroom and he's like yeah picking up poop makes him nauseous this dog has three beds so she points to an actual dog bed the sofa and the bed and says those are all sushi's beds and he's like are we bringing all three beds which was a dumb clearly they're not bringing the sofa and the bed but she says we'll just bring the little bed and he'll sleep on our bed and sleep on the couch 
And then Steve is like, what's the or- the little dog bed for? And she says it's for when he wants his privacy. <laughs> Steve just wants the dog out of the bed. <laughs> <laughs> the thing the thing with Steve is he's just not a dog lover. Unlike, like, say myself, I'm terrified of it, of them. So he's not scared. He just doesn't want to be bothered with them. Because he did mention his cousin, right? Or his brother had a dog. His, his brother had wasn't... a dog and the dog wasn't house trained and then picking up the poop and noise like, well, you have to pick up the poop anyway. <laughs> so, I mean, he's handling everything right, though. I will say that. Like, just we'll deal with this later. I'm not going to die on this hill. <laughs> um, next up is Mark and Lindsay in full hazmat suits. This is this is sad. Um Poor Mark is like, I feel embarrassed. I had my place all perfect for shooting. And then the bed bugs came and everything is just torn up. And now they have to go in there with cameras and deal with it. And Lindsay says bed bugs are one of her biggest fears. Same. So his place is also tiny. It's like an attic apartment. Um, like, Lin- the, the, like It looks like the roof is caving on your head. The way it was, you know, the opposite of high ceilings. Yeah, yeah, it's an attic apartment. Oh, gosh. Okay. Um, Lindsay nixes the Keurig because it's too much plastic. Um, His word art game is very serious. And it is not removable. Like, you would have to paint over it or take the stickers off. Like, it is directly on the wall. Um, (laughs) She tries to Marie Kondo him, talking about, does this bring you joy? And you can tell that he's getting frustrated with her um, attempts at efficiency. Like, she's looking at everything like, do we keep this? Do we throw this? And having recently gone through this process with another two different people who were, like, both pushing in different directions, the first person was like, why does everything have sentimental value? And the second person was like, why do you want to throw everything away? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I could see Mark getting stressed about being forced into these decisions unwillingly yeah. and in a short time frame. Yeah, he was very overwhelmed. Um, he says that she's chucking bags everywhere and he had an organized life and the situation in his apartment happened without like his input. And it's difficult for him, especially when someone is trying to help him, but they're doing things without listening to him. Mm. I was just wondering if the cameraman went in hazmat suits as well. Me too. <laughs> I was like, are these hazmat suits for real or are they for show? They gotta be for real. Which means everybody had to have a hazmat suit. I was like, but that little space between your mask and like where the hazmat suit came, a bug could just slide in right there. <laughs> <laughs> so they appear to, it didn't even look like they finished the task or if they finished it, they, we didn't see. All right, guys. It's time for a break. And we're back. And this time, it is time for Olajuwon and Katina to see each other's places. So we see Olajuwon and Katina on what seems like a street or a driveway. And then Olajuwon is always is giving some instruction to Katina. This dude is overbearing. But we find out that they're in front of Olajuwon's house. He has like a Black Lives Matter sign right in front of it. It looks good from the outside. I'll say that. Well, it has mucho curb appeal. Lots of curb appeal. It's a really cute house. I, mean, I would hope it did. When they did his intro package, he was 
what working on the house the entire time shirtless so i'm glad it paid off so he's holding her back and asking her to visualize their life and let her imagine kids running out screaming mommy daddy because they are that part of life um Elijah says he's nervous because katina has more swag than he does i am very surprised that he even said that out loud <laughs> I didn't think he would admit that she has more swag than he does. So he said he's hoping that she likes it enough and would want to move in with him after the experiment is over. I'm like, wow, Boston does not have pretty houses because so far the inside of everyone's looks, um, I said crowded. I think everyone's looked, yeah, crowded. Yeah, everything is small and like not updated. Yeah, and that was the that was the only thing with Elijah's house. Like, I feel like if he upgraded like his cabinets and stuff, it would look much nicer. The decor was definitely not not cute um, at all. So he gives her a tour, and there's a gym in the basement with green walls. Um, Katina does say that she can see herself living here with him, but it's like a bachelor pad. So if she moves in, she's gonna switch out a few things. So when they're done with the tour, he asks her to grade it. And she says, well, I'll give it an eight as a home, but a five for decoration. She was being <laughs> and- <laughs> way too generous. Way too generous. He tells her to chill and just enjoy the house and not worry about changing it. He keeps going on and on about the cost. And then Katina tells us that she knows it's his house, but she's not sure how he expects her to live there without her making it her home, too. So Mark... Um, comes by Lindsay's apartment and once again it's I don't know what's the word I'm looking for not congested but when there's just a lot of stuff in a place no and did you feel like it was um what's the word cluttered yeah I didn't actually (laughs) think it was (laughs) yeah so she has many plants that actually have names and then they're walking and she grabs a squatty potty is going on how it opens up your rectum and how you need it. Listen, Mark is already overwhelmed. Like this is not helping at all. So Lindsay says that he that he kept saying that your place is so Lindsay, and she's wondering what the hell that means because as far as she knew, she just left an infested, <laughs> dilapidated place. And if she's cool with it, he has no right to judge her. Facts. Facts. <laughs> <laughs> So I guess uh, Mark, who has no home, is not okay with Lindsay's place. He said he was hoping they could go to her place um, after decision day. I'm like, oh, yay, positive. Then he said, pending we stay married. And I'm like, oh. Um, but this isn't going to work. Noi visits Steve's place. And it is kind of nice. But once again, I do think it was cluttered. So Noi says to him that it screams single man apartment. And Steve points out that, yes, up until a week ago, I was a single man. (laughs) I think someone mentioned that Steve owns his place. How do we know that? I think I just saw it on Reddit or something. And I was like, but they didn't mention it yesterday. Um, But yeah, he might own that apartment, which, you know, much like a larger one, whether it's nice or not, owning is, you know, it's good. Props, man. That's adulting. Um, so she says he has a lot of workout stuff everywhere, but she likes him, so it's okay that he has weird stuff. She says she thinks they can make their this apartment less manly. 
I truly don't understand. Like, to me, it's a no-brainer. Like, if people have apartments, just get a new apartment together. But this is before you just said what he did. I didn't know that he owned. I'm just like, if you we're not bound by a house, just get an apartment that both of you like and start afresh. I like new apartments. And I like apartment hunting. So that's just me. Definitely. Um, like, with the whole Mark and Lindsay thing. I'm like, well, you don't have a house right now. So why don't you guys go find a hopefully bigger house? Because her place was basically a studio. That was a bedroom yeah. in name only. Yeah. And it's double income. You have five cats now. Oof. Steve is so proud of his LED lights. I want to say that this is very strange, except my husband loves him some LED lights. So I, I don't know if I was glad to see that there are other people of his kind, but... It was just like, wow, these lights, they do nothing for me, but okay. I love the LED lights. Like, when ah. I was kind of snotty about it, I was like, but these are awesome, but they've got different colors, and Noisy can just party at home with these different LED lights. I don't know. I didn't even know of the existence until I met my husband, and he wants to put it on everything. We have it behind the TV. Behind the guest TV, we have it in like the entertainment center under stuff. Uh, I'm gonna stop, but yeah, it's just funny. <laughs> it's so cool. It's one of the things that you just compromise on and be like, you love it, you like it, I love it, honey. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, with a remote and everything. Anyway, so Jasmina comes by to Michael's place. As Jasmina tells us that though she told Michael it was for her dog, she really needed a reset to come back to him with a clear head. We all knew Jasmina. That was just like a ridiculous thing that you were going to go sort out to daycare. So she feels like because they clicked on wedding day, she wonders if they will again. And she means it when she says that she's ready to start over from scratch. She calls his room very frat boy. Um, there's a painting of a naked woman. And then she wonders if he has porn videos. No, Jasmina, because it's 2022. It's a click away. <laughs> no one and... has the videos. <laughs> Unless you have your retro stuff from your childhood or something. And even then, I think it'd still be DVDs for someone Michael's age. Yeah. <laughs> and then she wonders if this is a kinky drawer. The thing was, I didn't understand the connect. Yes, there was a painting of a naked woman, but it wasn't like salacious or anything. It was like it was artsy. Classy. It was classy. Yeah. And then she just went from there to porn. I'm like, what? <laughs> so anyways, so she asked to go to his roommate's room. Not quite sure why, but they're touring the house and she's just asking questions. She sees crystals and asks if he likes crystals. He says, not his. I will add that Michael is being weird. Like his vibe this entire time. Did, did you feel that? Yes. It was just weird. Like he was uncomfortable in his own home. I don't know. It was strange. I was like, so do you the- actually live here? There was something off about that whole thing. Yeah. And maybe he just rented a room on Craigslist because he's getting married and this is going to happen. There was some golf stuff. And then he's like, nope, not mine. And then she goes, there was a lot of cereal on the countertop. Again, cluttered. I'm like, aren't there shelves for this stuff? Oh, my gosh. His house looked janky. It looked janky. It did. It did. She asks how many roommates he has, and he says two. And she says, well, I don't see much of you in this house. Because, again, Jasmina, maybe he just rented from Craigslist two weeks before. So, okay. I know you guys are going to think I'm crazy. 
because with my rules, if we went by all the rules that I've said of people who should be on the show, no one would be on the show. But I come again with another one. I feel like unless you have like a secret stash or barring special circumstances, if you have two roommates or still live with your parents, I don't think you are ready for marriage. Um, every situation is different and I'll leave that there because I live with my parents, yo. I just said, if you have a secret stash or barring special circumstances, you just moved, you're going to get your place, but it's a circumstance. But I just feel like, I think people really, we talked about this in season 11 in New Orleans, but people underestimate the importance of finances in a marriage. And I'm just, it's one thing for a roommate. I get that. People are saving for a house, getting a house in this day and age is whatever. But if you have two roommates, that's real saving of money. I just think like, it's just a whole adjustment. I don't know if you're ready. I could be wrong. It's not an indicator, but it's just another one of my rules that I'm adding to the pot. If you have two roommates, your savings account better look real good. There has to be some sort of outcome of you living with two roommates or with your parents or something you, there has to be something there that yeah. will hopefully lead you to your own place because this can't be like an indefinite thing yes exactly so he tells her that he's never really there where are you michael that he just goes in and out so she asks like okay are you friends with your roommates he says yeah we're friends uh, this was again they don't have natural chemistry. They're never natural around each other. Everything is, is stilted and it's just a weird, it's almost like she's forcing a conversation or trying to make conversation. And he's like, I'm just here so I don't get fined. And he's just answering whatever she asks. So she asks where the roommates are. And he says, somewhere here and looks real shady. And then someone just walks into a room. And that was so weird for many, many reasons. Because... I had to rewind. They were in scrubs, right? I can't um, remember. Okay. I, I, I just saw I the door close. <laughs> I had to rewind because I'm like, what is happening? One, did they not know a camera was going to be there? Like, did, again, <laughs> I don't think home? Michael lives there. <laughs> just come did home. There's a camera crew in the living room. You don't even say hello <laughs> like that. Yes. That was weird. I was like, did you not want to say hi? Like, do you just walk past your room? Like, there's a new person there. Like, he just got married. Were they at the wedding? Were your roommates? <laughs> it was very, very strange. So Jasmina goes, um, I didn't know you had a girl roommate. He goes, yeah. And then that's it. She said, um, you never really mentioned. And he has the audacity to say, well, we never really talked about it. This is like someone... Finding out your boyfriend is married, and he's like, you didn't tell me you were married, and he's like, hey, it never came up. <laughs> like, <what? laughs> it has to come up. <laughs> they flash back to the wedding where she points out that her guy, that she has a guy roommate, and I seem to recall that she just asked if he had ever lived with a woman. So I don't know what he's saying when he says they never really talked about it and it didn't come up. So she brings up the wedding and says that would have been a good time to mention. She is saying all this with a smile, but you know she's seething underneath all of that. This man says, I live with a girl. And she asks, okay. And then he's like, I didn't hide it on purpose. 
And she's like, I'm, she tells us that she's annoyed and she's disappointed. And if she didn't see the roommate, would he ever have mentioned that he had a girl roommate? Mm-hmm. Which is a valid question. Like, it's, oh, Michael, Michael. So Lindsay talks about how moving is stressful. Honestly, I can't believe these people have to do all this and work and film and do all. It's, it just seems like a lot. Again, another reason why I can't do maps. I just want to lay down and watch Netflix. So... <laughs> Lindsay and Mark are blending their cats, and we find out that Lindsay's cats hiss, and his cats don't, which is another theory that we talked about with the Atlanta season. It seems like a lot of these animals reflect, are like their parents. I think referring to them as parents is a bit much. Um, um, <laughs> owner, owner. <laughs> oh, gosh. They're cat parents. So, <laughs> Michael tells Jasmina. That it would be nice to see how they mesh together. They're back at their apartment now. It would be nice to see how they mesh together. And she says, is that right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> then he keeps going with the suitcase. And then Jasmina has that face like, I could let this go. But I'm choosing not to. Let's choose violence. And she hits the button. And then she goes, I have a question. <laughs> Whenever I tell my husband, I have a question. He goes, no, no, no. Go back for where you came from. I don't want it. I don't want to hear it. So when she says, I have a question. And she's like, well, we're at your place. I'm not sure if I heard you correctly. Um, but did you say you had a female roommate? In my mind, I'm like, why are we going back to this again? Or did they have the order wrong? And then he's like, oh, did I say A? That's not what I meant. I'm like, fucking hell, this man has two? <laughs> she found out maybe I, you know we don't know maybe someone <laughs> another woman walked in like maybe she was like wait there's three bedrooms and something but somehow she discovered there were two and he did not tell her she discovered exactly because for her to say and but this man said did i say a <laughs> okay that's not <laughs> you never said anything at all you dumbed <laughs> The problem is that Michael is really bad at communication because he flips it out on her and is like, so what? You think that I didn't tell you on purpose? Um, you didn't? <laughs> he keeps saying that it never came up. And I'm glad Jasmina said it did. <laughs> A couple times. <laughs> Jasmina tells him, like, listen, the thing is that it doesn't bother me that you live with women. Like, it's not even the thing. Like, I live with a man. It's just that you didn't think it was something important for me to know. Then he says, I did it. But even if I didn't, what does that mean? And what would he be trying to get away with? It's not like he's trying to hide. To- what are you saying, Michael? What are you trying to cover up? Anyway, she's like, that's what it seems like to me. So he agrees that it was a bad judgment call. And there were times he could have told her. Then he said, you're looking at me like I don't make sense. She says, I hear you, but what you're saying, in fact, does not make sense. So I don't know if you noticed, but Jasmina has many looks and it's funny. <laughs> it is. I mean, this is when I was like, dang it. Tana's right. Mm-hmm. Michael is shifty as hell. Like, it is actually more concerning when people lie about things that they never had a good reason to lie about. I have a motto in life. I don't like to waste my lies. Like, we got to lie every now and then, but not for shit that don't make any sense. Like, 
what happens if you say you have two female roommates? Like you didn't know each other. What what would be the thing? So it was the whole situation was just weird. And the first time she said, I have a guy roommate, wouldn't it just naturally be like, yeah, I have female roommate too. And then the mm-hmm. second time, have you ever lived with a woman? After she mentioned, I have a guy roommate. It's a stupid thing to lie about. And it's it like, is. if there's nothing there, it's actually even worse. Why do you, yeah. you'll be lying to me all the time about nonsense. Yeah. He could anyway. easily have said, no, I've never lived with a romantic partner. Because we know he has sisters, you know, have whatever, but I don't know. It was just a strange, it was a strange choice. So Lindsay says, we see Lindsay and she's like, she's hanging on by a thread. She's doing like a selfie cam because Mark's life has blown up even more so in the last few days. Now, help me out, A. Did she say her grandma or his grandma is 70 pounds and not doing great? I thought she said her grandma, but then I thought later on she referred to his grandma. So it was a little bit confusing. So I thought she said her, and then I thought if it's his, but I think he said his grandma died. Who, who so, no, I think we're, yeah, we didn't get that quite clarity. Okay, what was going on there. But yeah, but someone's grandma is 70 pounds and not doing great. His landlord is being ridiculous, and he's about to explode from all the stress, and she isn't sure who he is right now, and who he is off camera is completely different. She says that he's hot and cold, and she doesn't think he's aware of it, and is driving her insane. And then we see Chris playing... Wait, I called it Frisbee, but that's wrong. Disc golf. Disc golf. Disc golf. <laughs> Chris is playing disc golf with his friend Nick, who's kind of cute, his best friend, and Alyssa is meeting her mom at the same time. Alyssa tells her mom that she thinks she blacked out from the moment she met him all the way to Puerto Rico. She saw him, and it wasn't what she envisioned, and then she asked her mom, what did she think? Her mom says she was expecting a cowboy. I thought Alyssa said that she blacked out from the moment she saw him to when she got to the top of the aisle. Um, all the way to Puerto Rico. Oh, that's how I interpreted. She said, okay. to all, "She said to we. She said to we got there." And I'm like, I mean, I guess. I don't know. Google either way. I'll take your part. Um, her mom says that. I mean, we can't deny that he's cute. I really wanted the camera to pan to Alyssa, but it didn't. And she said he's cute and he's a nice guy. Alyssa says that she hasn't seen how he's been treating her and to hear someone that debates like he does and likes to argue their point that she was like, wow, they're so different. You mean someone that actually likes to talk things out? (laughs) Likes to talk to you. Well, I don't know if he likes to talk to her, but her version of what a wackadoo. (laughs) So Chris tells his friend about the whole tattoo psychic. His friend is like, please stop. Like, just stop. <laughs> like, <laughs> if you were dating someone and you said, oh, she said that in the regular. Nope. I would be like, run. Like, there's no point. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> her mom does the Lord's work and asks her, what are these core values that you think that you guys don't share? She says a lack of respect for other people. The question is, who are these other people that Chris has disrespected besides herself? Which is a perceived thought. That's her uh, perception. That's fine. But who's the other people that he has a lack of respect for? Is she still going by the groomsmen? Um, are you are you are you asking me to puzzle out Alyssa's <laughs> mind? Yes. <laughs> Help me out here. 
I think she's just uh, making shit up. I don't think there's any <laughs> any truth to back up anything she's saying. So when she says a lack of respect for other people, there's nothing to it's just it's just a buzzword to get her out of her current situation. <laughs> and then she says that he posted on Instagram about defunding the police and it is very disturbing. <laughs> how, how, how do we tackle this? Um <laughs> I'll, I'll leave the rest for you, Aid, but I, I will say this. At this point, Alyssa's putting it, pulling anything out her ass because the reasons for why she doesn't like Chris has changed from one direction to the other direction. She said they were not compatible, there weren't anything. So these are stuff that she's finding out. I feel like she sat down, pulled up social media, pulled up Facebook, and it's like, anything I can find in this guy so I can buttress my point that we are not meant to be together. Yes, but I'm like, you wouldn't give this man your phone number, but you're going to go stalk his IG? Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Chris also has a post of himself wearing a t-shirt that says, stop killing black people. That's all right by me. (laughs) um, (laughs) Last week when I was like, don't nominate Chris for sainthood. This week I'm like, "Mm, I think think Chris and I can get, yes, I think I can be supportive of Chris, both in this situation and his, uh, his weird beliefs. (laughs) I mean, hopefully he, he means it and it's not just like you know, a fad for him. But um, Chris, at the same time, tells Nick that you are literally my best friend and you are literally a cop. <laughs> you know when people use literally? <laughs> but I, I mean, this show really doesn't listen dirty because it, like, did they know she was going to say that? Make sure, like, meet up with your police officer friends so she looks real dumb. <laughs> I know. Chris is like, well, my friend Adam Kemba, is he a cop? No. Nick, though, he's a cop. Get Nick here now. Stat. <laughs> But he says, but we can never have that conversation where I could explain my point of view and let you know because it's always hearsay. Because we find out that she's never told, again, I said this last episode, at this point, Chris still doesn't know and hasn't heard from Alyssa herself all of the reasons that she dislikes him. Everything he's heard has been from somebody else that said something, that heard something. So everything is hearsay. So she, he's not even like... Nicking her for not want like not liking the fact that he wants to defund the police or anything. He's like, we could talk about it. We could say, okay, this is where we're coming from. This is where it is. It's just the fact that she doesn't even want to have a conversation. He's just like, that's not a reasonable person. So her mom asks, is there anything that would make her stay? And she says, trust, honesty, and good communication are all the things that she needs to see to feel differently. This was a moment that I knew that Alyssa kind of had an idea of where she stood or how she was going to come off. And she had this meeting with her mom, but she's trying to turn it around. Like she's willing to stay. It's one of those things where you do the worst. So the other person leaves you and you're like, see, it wasn't me like not touching, not touching, but the hand is all over your face. So she's trying to turn things around at this point because she's lying. There's nothing that's going to make her feel differently. So all this talk of trust, honesty, and good communication that's a lie. How can you ask for good communication? I had to repeat myself. This man does not have your phone number. Because <laughs> you wouldn't I give it know. to him. They were communicating through producers. Can you ask her <laughs> if we could talk? No, I don't want to talk to you. Can we go to the department? One half, one second half. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah. So next is everybody gets a visit from Pastor Cow. Um, Pastor Cal comes to Michael and Jasmina's door. The sound is really off. Something went wrong with the sound tech that day. Um, 
So Michael answers the door and he like tries to introduce Pastor Cal to Jasmina. He's like, this is my wife. I'm like, you know, they met before because <laughs> you went through the matching process at the same time. <laughs> um, so Pastor Cal is like, how's it going? They laugh awkwardly. Pastor Cal says he wants to talk about where they are and where they're going. And he says it began spiraling at the honeymoon. And Jasmina says that Michael chose to talk to her in a way that was off. And she says that he was aggressive and loud off camera. And he had a tone. And then she says, and he has a potential to go even worse, according to his friends and family. Jasmina says that it's a problem for him and his family said the same thing. And he says, she's painting a picture of who I am. Basically, he says, I wasn't yelling. And she, like, when he says I wasn't yelling, something, like, switches with her. And she's like, I am not about to do this. And then Michael says he's not lying. He says, he does some semantics. He's like, I mean, she could say that my tone was this, but I don't like, like, she's saying that I was aggressive. So they bicker for a while. And then Pastor Cal, like, kind of shuts it down. And he says he wants to talk about why their communication is not working. And that honesty and transparency are key when it comes to marriage and forgiveness. Pastor Cal asks if Jasmina is willing to forgive and move on to see what they have. She kind of just chokes out a like, yeah, very begrudgingly. I don't understand why Michael is changing his tune. Because, again, we were privy to the conversation where he, like Jasmina rightfully said, he said, other people have told me about this. And I think she used the word aggressive and he accepted it. He said, I've heard about it. I need to do better. It comes up as aggressive, but it's not my intention. But in past relationships, my loved ones, my sisters have told me that I need to work on it. So why are we doing semantics for right now? I feel like it's the authority figure, Pastor Cal. I mean, How he interrupted he's... him. <laughs> <laughs> like, now you're making me look bad in front of the therapist. <laughs> so... I don't know. I don't, I felt some type of way about Pastor Carl's um, advice. It felt very sweep it under the rug and let's move on. But at the same time, I mean, what else is there to do? You kind of have to do that. But I don't know. It's at Jasmina's expense, I guess. Pastor Cal gives advice to married couples as if they've been together for five years instead of one week. <laughs> so he says... You know, there's talking at, there's talking with, and there's talking to. And you're talking at her. So when she, when he starts yelling, she's supposed to say, I am not your enemy. And Michael is supposed to correct his behavior. And he needs to, Michael needs to talk to Jasmina like a wife. And they both kind of agree to these terms as they look miserable. But it's like one week in, if you're yelling at me, I could just, you know, keep it. <laughs> Yeah. I don't, I mean, I would not be very receptive to Pastor Cal telling me, like, I now have to tolerate someone yelling at me and trying to redirect their behavior. And they don't seem to have any good times to back this up, by the way. Yeah. And then I thought it was just that one time thing, but she seems to mention like it's every single time that they argue, which is a lot for someone you only know in a week. It freaks me out that he apparently can control himself to do it um, only when the cameras aren't there. Now, the mm -hmm. other possibility that I really didn't make space for, maybe I'm biased, oh, Jasmina's lying, but I don't think she is. He admitted to it. <laughs> and honestly, the way he is so calm on camera freaks yeah. me out a little bit. <laughs> it's almost like we would take Olajuwon's nonstop nets <laughs> animation. 
<laughs> no matter what I say that. about Lajuan, he's he's real. <laughs> yeah, he's himself. <laughs> he's himself. So, do you wish they had gotten into the roommate thing? I just I can't believe they didn't. Um, I'm kind of glad they didn't get into the roommate thing <laughs> because I feel like it would devolve into a discussion about roommates. When what it's actually about is that Michael is a liar by omission and he lies about stupid stuff. And I don't think I, Jasmina is confused about that or needs help understanding that. But I think Pastor Kyle will sniff that out. Well, Dr. Pepper will. But, <laughs> but yeah. Okay. All right. Next up is Elijah and Katina. Pastor Kyle walks in. It's like, it smelled good. smells good. And Katina made spaghetti and garlic bread. Which, I'm like, that's like stage one cookie. <laughs> She's cooking, aid For someone who doesn't cook, she at least made something for her husband. We're going to give her her props. I, I can't give her props for cooking because I wish she wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> but it's what she wants. Here's the thing. We always say this. Like, you know, feminism is the choice that you want to make. I mean... I don't think she should because you start something that you can't finish. But if that's her choice and she says she wants to cook for her husband, I will respect her choice. So I'll just give her props for someone who does not like to cook and you want to do it. Hey, you like it? I love it. Um, Even if it's not for me. (laughs) Um, Pastor Cal says that he never heard of this requirement to cook. This is where (laughs) Tane and I do not watch the matchmaking special and it kind of bites us in the (laughs) Because I'm like, I wonder how much she talked about cooking in the matchmaking process. And Elijah one does some retconning and is like, it's important. Um, Pastor Cal looks a little concerned and he's like, um, I don't want you to be stuck in a time warp. Here in the 21st century, like you, you can't have the expectation that your wife is going to be pregnant, barefoot, and making babies. And then Elijah one says that he will cook some nights. And that he cooks breakfast in the morning. And he likes so his repertoire. I was going to ask you, though. Do we forgive him? Because Elijah one says a lot of things. We don't know what is true, what is not. Because at the altar, he said, we'll learn to cook together. He said it's not a big deal. He told the experts it's not a deal breaker. But then he tells her that it's a level. I don't know if he's just trying to test her and see if she does. But do we forgive him because he actually participates in the cooking and he makes makes breakfast. And maybe that's why she's willing to also cook because it's a give and take situation. You know, I hadn't even considered that possibility. I was just like, why are you, did Katina say that she wanted cooked breakfast every morning? No, but for someone who doesn't cook, I'm sure she welcomes it. It's cheaper than buying. <laughs> okay. I, I'm very curious. I Like I said, Katina likes Olajuwon way more than I do. You <laughs> <laughs> um, definitely got the right person. Pastor Cal asked Katina if she feels he's communicating well. She says, mm, yes and no. Pastor Cal says, don't worry about throwing him under the bus. Um, he said when he saw the video of them riding the horses, then they showed the video of them riding the horses, you were really nervous and scared. And Pastor Cal said that he didn't like the way that he was talking to her. He asked if her opinions are valuable, are valued. And she said, yes, they are. His execution is hard, but she doesn't deal with men who were like mean to her. 
He asks, have you guys been intimate? And she says, no. Um, was that something that's mutually agreed upon? And she has a weird look on her face. And Elijah one jumps in and is like, oh, it's all me. It's his decision. He's worried about if it doesn't work. And Pastor Cal is like, you can't really be focused on like whether or not it will work, not whether or not it will work or not. You have to go in as if it will work. Because then if you start entertaining the notion that this might not work, you're killing the relationship. Yeah. And then we found out the real tea, but we're going to talk about it on our after party recap, which is going to be on our Patreon. But that was interesting. It was. Um, which then I wasn't surprised because her whole facial expression during this thing, I was like, are they lying about having sex? Like something was just not right about a larger mm-hmm. one being so quick to jump in there and be like, it's, it's me. And I'm like, are you trying to save face? <laughs> Like, I don't, I don't know. Um, he talks about how she's beautiful and he grabs her more than she touches me. And then Pastor Cal is like, well, maybe it's because she's picked up on the fact that you, you know, are doing insurance. And then they end with Pastor Cal saying, I'm not trying to push you into bed, but if you want to have sex as married people have sex. And then he says, by the power invested in me. And I was like, it's vested. I declare you man and wife. You can be married and do the stuff that married people do, including sex. Given what we know on After Party, there's kind of like a disconnect on what happens. Because Pascal is saying she wants you to grab me. She wants you to take me. So, I don't know. And she was agreeing. So, I don't know. Here's the thing. Katina comes up as this, I don't take, I don't take shit, no nonsense kind of person. But she does seem to back down really quickly when other people say stuff she just takes it i mean except if you're Lindsay, but <laughs> i guess with olajuwon and pasacal she just goes along with things even though that's not what she really feels or thinks it's always hard with these couples because they are trying to hide stuff from the cameras they are trying to hide problems or issues or weirdness or anything that they don't think will look quite right so I think part of her hesitancy is like, wait a second, how will this come off? Okay. That makes sense. But remember when we watched that special with Kevin and all the experts and they just pegged Katina as she's going to be the trouble person where I told you that that kind of bothered me. I don't like when they just assume the black girl is going to be trouble. But she's the one that's just, you know, backing down and keeping the peace again, except when it comes to Lindsay. And let that be a reminder to everybody that stereotypes are bullshit. Mm -hmm. So next up is Lindsay and Mark. Mark looks in fear of his life as he approaches (laughs) Lindsay. (laughs) He approaches Lindsay while she is sitting at the counter. Lindsay says fine in a way that is not fine. And then she says that she's having a hard time. She's getting two different people. You get on your phone with Denise and your roommate. I assume from After Party last week, Denise is that friend or something. I've watched you you completely shift your demeanor and it's frustrating for me. And I understand you've been feeling overwhelmed. And he tries to defend himself. He's like, I don't have time, two sides. And she says she sees red flags and she's diving in and he's taking, he says he's he's taking it day by day. So it's like they have two very different approaches to this relationship. Lindsay at that point was like, I cannot talk to you. I need Pastor Cal because I need to figure out what I want to say. And she needs a moment. 
So he's like, walk off. And she's like, no, you walk off. And he actually does it. She says, walk off with the cats. And he says, take as much time as you need. And she says, thank you. And honestly, their tone when they were talking to each other was, especially that second half, was really um, nice. It was like mm-hmm. um, they had come to an understanding of how to deal with each other in that moment. And they still had like affection. It was kind of bizarre. It was, but I, I, I kind of understood what Lindsay was coming from, though, if that makes any sense. Like, I oh, think yes. he's a nice guy, but he does need to give his wife attention, not everything else that's going on or everybody else that's calling and calling. I felt bad for him because, like, everybody handles stress in their own way. I don't mm-hmm. I don't really know very many people who handle stress well. I don't think I handle stress very well. So I could see when you're stressed out and then you're, like, trying to give, like, attention and affection to Lindsay, who is not shy or reticent, who's like ready to like dive all in, but she has a yeah. point. Like we can't start something and then you'd be like, oh, I mean, it's the same argument they had on the beach in like Puerto Rico. Like, yeah, yeah, he's pulling back. She's full go all in. Mm, so his world just upturned though in a week. <laughs> Got married, like, went to honeymoon, met somebody like, else. His mother figure dumped him, changed the lease, moved out, bed bugs, and yeah. At this stage of his life, he basically has nowhere to live besides Lindsay's studio apartment. So I'd be stressed too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's hard to live in a place that's not your... It, it takes a while to adjust to a new place. You know, if I don't have like all my subscriptions set up on the TV, like the Netflix and the Hulu... And the HBO Max. Like, it's very uncomfortable. I'm sure they don't have that at the apartment. <laughs> um, yeah, they, that's true. They don't. Zach had to drive home to get his Apple <laughs> TV. <laughs> uh, so, Pastor Cal goes to see Stephen Noy. Pastor Cal is just happy. He feels like he did his job well. You can just see it on his face. So Steve tells Pastor Cal, we hit the ground running. She's beautiful. One of his like grooms, like guests gave him a thumbs up when they saw her and he knew from then that it was going to be good. And then when he met her, it was even better. Um, they're both introverted extroverts or something. So that's one more thing they have in common. Um, Pastor Cal asks what they've talked about up until this point. And they're like, we've talked about children. The summation of this conversation is Noi wants three. Steve wants two, maybe with an option, and Noi will not compromise. (laughs) Steve is like, what if our first kid is, like, special needs and we have to, like, give them a lot of attention and maybe we don't get to three? Noi is not budging. She she comes from a family of three. Her, I guess her cousins are families of three kids, and that's the only way to live in this world. It was bizarre. (laughs) (laughs) On one hand... They're arguing about number of kids. They're fine. You don't have any issues. <laughs> no real problems. Kids. But Steve was making sense. But Noi is a little childlike. And I think sometimes when you're a child and you're throwing a tantrum, you're just stubborn. But you don't even know why. You don't have a reason. You're just like, nope, I'm here and I'm not budging. It didn't make sense. And see, Steve, like with the dog thing, Steve is kind of like, well, let me just see how this goes. Because the thing about having kids is you have to have, (laughs) before you start talking numbers, you should have the first one and see how that goes. Yeah. And then, you know, your first one is what I like to sometimes call the scam kid. They like sleep through the night. They're a perfect little angel. And then you have your second kid who's like a nightmare. (laughs) Like you, 
there's so much unpredictable things about having children that for someone to just be like, I will not budge on three kids no matter what the circumstances are. But it's also like Steve can't just agree to it because what if they do have one or two kids and he's like, I'm done. Yeah. Then he'll look like a liar who lied yeah. to her. Mm-hmm. It's a major life thing. So. Next top, they don't really resolve anything on that because, you know, Noy is stuck in her space and Steve is kind of stuck in his. Well, I like how Pastor Cal handled it, actually. Yeah, he tries to say, like, you're allowed to have hopes and dreams, but you should probably roll with how life actually goes. I feel like that's how Pastor Cal kind of put it. Yeah, because he asks her certain questions. I like when you ask questions and you lead people to a, uh, an answer by, by themselves, not you giving them the answer. Because he said, what if it's hard for you to have kids? What if you can't have kids? What if you can't do this? How old are you? 33. Okay. And she's like, I never thought about it. But then he also asked, why are you fixated on the three? Which I think is important because I thought a psychic told her or something happened because she was just not budging on the three. And her reason was just people in her family just had three. And so it made sense to her. So it's not even a sway, an argument that sways your mind on it. I, I think it's more about the hopes and dreams. I feel like if you grew up in a family of three, and yeah, they had struggles or whatever, but the three of them seem to be really close siblings, like they have a good relationship, you would just think to yourself, well, if I have kids, I want my kids to have the same that I had. But he's, I mean, I'm like, Noy, do you have friends? Like you're in your mid-30s. <laughs> <laughs> I think by the time you hit your mid-30s and people around you start having kids, you start to realize that it's just not as like easy to just say, this is how many I want. This is when I want them. And this is the life just doesn't yeah. work like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, next you have to talk about finances. Cause you know, those little kids aren't free. Um, <laughs> Noy says kids cost money and where he is right now. And Noy says it's a little scary. She doesn't want to have to worry about money. She grew up struggling. Pastor Cal kind of gets her like pastor cal is like well i think she had told them in the matchmaking process about it but maybe she hadn't told steve like the details um and pastor cal says she should like talk like look at steve and talk to him and tell him um and she says yeah she just doesn't want her kids to have to worry about money she doesn't want financial stability she starts crying and then they do a close-up of them holding hands i'm like these two are fine um yeah they're fine and then steve and this is why I think Steve and Noy are just, this is why they're my number one couple. He's not willing to just be like, oh, I'll get a job so that you can feel stable. But he does try to explain to her, like, I have options to make money. I, you know, the next step is maybe getting back into a career. She hears all the things that he says. And she says she doesn't have the luxury of being as free as he's willing to be. And she has a past that's like pushing her to, I guess, more financial stability. And Pastor Cal says she needs a little bit more of a plan and she needs to know that he's going to provide. I'm like, uh, in this day and age, I'm not in love with the word provide, more in love with like partnership. (laughs) Like, but okay, that's fine. But then Steve says now that he's married, he knows that he needs to make her happy and feel secure. And if he had, but, but if he had a real job, he wouldn't have time to dream and create. And he's not sure if he's willing to make those sacrifices. And I was like, ah, Steve, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <Same> <laughs> thoughts. 
Well, I mean, there are two sides. Both of them are not wrong. That's the mm-hmm. best way to put it. I can kind of relate to Noi in the way that when you faced dire poverty, that fear never leaves you. Like you're just there combined with the fact, I don't know if you've ever heard the thing where the number one thing women are looking for in a relationship is to feel secure. So you just want to feel secure. And it's not a case of necessarily him providing. It's just like knowing that there's some kind of nest egg. If I lose my job, just making sure you can hold it down and vice versa and all that kind of stuff. And it's always it, when you're coming from that mindset of you just want that security of there's going to be money around someone telling you like, Oh, I just want to quit my job and be with nature and be creative. That's not English at that point. That's Greek. That's not part of your comprehension. It's not part of your comprehension. Like it makes sense. If you take step yourself out of your, you know, fear or your past trauma, so to speak, it makes sense. Like life is short. You should be happy. You should do the things that make you happy. Some people are lucky where they can do the things that make them happy and make money off of it. But sometimes the things that makes you happy don't also line your pockets. So if you're talking kids, <laughs> if you're talking buddy and stuff like that, they, again, it's one of those things where they have to come to a compromise. Maybe if she sees that with the freelancing and all that kind of stuff, there is some kind of money that's coming in. She feel better. But if it's like intermittent money, ugh, I don't know. <laughs> she gotta just maybe fine tune it, you know. And like, like, like I said, someone mentioned that Steve owns his place, so this is not a person who's like without resources. Yeah. Um. But I think that idea that you have like a nine to five job that you get a paycheck every two weeks culturally, like that's the way I was raised. <laughs> like being creative, no. Not even no, it's just like it doesn't even enter the conversation because what you're supposed to do is go to college and get a nine to five job. And like, that's what you're supposed to do. Maybe be an entrepreneur with a nine to five job. <laughs> Those are kind of what you're supposed to do. So when yeah. Steve talks that way, culturally, it's it's a little bit beyond my comprehension. But intellectually, I can understand that like you can have different income streams and you can support your family and pay your bills with like anything besides a job like lots of people do it and i i think steve might be one of them but i don't know if that's going to work for noi but see aid we can make the argument that if he actually does own his place he was able to do it because he had that nine to five this is recent you know <laughs> yeah. not yeah. having the nine to five so maybe it's that fear of i'm not trying to find out like you now you're trying to venture out and you know take that leap of faith and noi is like not now homie like, <laughs> I can't do that with you. So that's where the argument could be. I don't think we're privy to everything. I think it was also good that Pastor Cal brought it out of her to share her story because she'd actually, she said she'd actually never told him the true extent of, you know, her family's financial background. So, which makes yeah, sense but they'll because be- they've known each other for one whopping week at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but. I mean, they'll be fine. They're both, I mean, Steve is a good guy in terms of his compromise skills are top notch. He doesn't shut things down. He doesn't lie about it. And he's, he, he's, he says his truth while being cognizant of her feelings, which is the best thing you could ask for. Very true. I'm such a Stephen Noy fan. Although this episode, I did have a little bit of like, Noy, can you please grow up? Yeah, I'm a Steve fan. Like, Noy just... She doesn't do anything wrong. She just annoys me. <laughs> I think because she's childlike. I think that's what it is. But as a couple, they're great. I hope they succeed because we need an actual 
power couple that deserves it. Not like Houston, where it was Rachel and Jose, and it was just a shit show. So, <sighs> all right, guys, time for a break. All right, and we're back now with Pascal visiting Lindsay and Mark. So Pascal walks in with Lindsay in the balcony, and I do believe she was smoking, and they actually showed the smoke. Wow. Surprising, surprising. And Mark tells Pascal that she needed a minute. It's been bumpy. Mark says the way she says things turns him off because it comes off as condescending, so it's good that Pascal is here to listen to their concerns. Lindsay said, listen, I laid all my cards on the table, and he and he accepted it, and she loved it. He was open, he was vulnerable, and now what she's seeing is him not giving her the best version of, of himself, and he doesn't see it, and it's frustrating to her. You know, sometimes Lindsay talks like someone who's gone to therapy and knows the lingo down pat. <laughs> um, <laughs> what I also noticed is condescending is the word of the season. <laughs> because it came up in the Michael and Jasmina argument. It comes up with that ditzel. Well, it comes up with Alyssa and Chris. And now it comes up with Mark and Lindsay. Condescending. <laughs> Never heard it so much on maths. <laughs> so she says that she's tried to help him where he needs help. And he's not processing the changes well. And not sharing his fears with her. And they went from having sex to him not even wanting to hold her hand or be affectionate. She starts tearing up because he rolls his eyes and she says her feelings are hurt because he went from all to nothing. And she's so insulted. Her voice is rising and so offended by him. And she's furious and he needs to work on them. Pastor Kyle chimes in and says that Mark is afraid to say things to you. I don't know <laughs> if she didn't notice his eyes were widening and widening. <laughs> the man is on permanent terrified. He says he doesn't know her. And she says, get over it and just say it. And he says, yes, but that's how you work. But it's not how I operate. Mark's voice starts shaking. And he says, you know, he met her at the wedding. And he's like, she's a lot. Stop counting because there's a lot of she's a lot being said. But they talk and they have an intimate moment. And it, sorry, Aid, I did not allowed to say sex. Why does everyone say we were intimate? It annoys me. <laughs> I wonder if it's a choice they're making or a choice that because once the producers start talking to you in their terminology, suddenly that terminology is parroted back on camera. So maybe they've got a producer who keeps on saying intimate, and so now they're saying it. Because I get it, but sometimes when they use it, I'm like, okay, so do we mean sex or do we mean like we were intimate? Like I don't know. Mm -hmm. So just be clear. So he goes, they have an intimate moment and it was great. And then the situation on the plane happens, it threw him off, and it was a side of her that he didn't like. He says that he wants to be open and honest, and then he sighs deeply. And Lindsay, you know, ever the caretaker, she is nice at her core. She rubs his arm and says, you know, take your time, take a second. Do you want me to get you water? Pascal is like, nah, bro, don't stop this. Like, keep going. Say what you need to say. <laughs> so he says he respects her enough to say that he has to go slow. At this point, he's tearing up. He's like, he didn't do that, sex. To just do that. But when they were having sex, he felt it was off. Sex is great, but if he doesn't feel himself, he just can't do it. So her coming with affection, he appreciates it, but it's too much sometimes when he's already bothered inside. He, he has seen her poke 
and it makes him uncomfortable. Pasika asks how she feels to hear him say that. And she's like, I feel like I never gave him a reason to feel that way. <laughs> Pasika takes off his glasses like, Lindsay, come on. And I think with Lindsay, you forget that you can't love people the way you want to be loved. Like, I mean, she thinks she's doing the best and she's the best wife and she's being there and she's everything. But if that's not how he operates and it's not what he needs at that time and what he needs is space, you kind of have to respect that. So Pascal is like, come on. And she's like, well, let me define the bullshit. I can't believe she said that, actually. I wasn't expecting that. (laughs) And then she said it didn't stop there. She's like, I don't even know what he just said. It was a run-on sentence. I'm like, oh, my God, kick a man in the balls. He just was vulnerable and was honest and said all that. And she just wasn't having it. You, she didn't Pas- like what he said. That's why she's like, oh, I don't understand. I'm like, it was actually pretty clear. He, there was not a word salad. He was yeah. very clear about his feelings, where he was. You just didn't like what he had to say. So Pascal tells her that, you know, where you speak without filter, you have worn that as a badge of honor, and sometimes it's not. She agrees. Mark says it's different for him, that there's nothing bad about her, It's just different from him. Pascal says that they knew that they were both a lot and she was a lot. And of course, she tries to out-talk Pascal in many situations. She just kept interrupting him. And of course, the stupid black scent came out. So, (laughs) (laughs) um, um, Pascal tells Mark that he wanted an affectionate, emotional human being because he felt like he'd never got that back in his relationships. I don't even know if it's that humans don't know what they want or they think they, they, they know what they want. And when they get it, it just, it's not what they want. (laughs) But Vasakal asks, how do you make it work? Mark says what he needs is sometimes let him get through things the way that he will. And if he needs it, he knows that she's there. Pascal reminds her that he said he's not in his own skin and has to explain to her that it's because she's running him over. Because Lindsay is just not having it. She's like, oh, I thought it was because of the stress. <laughs> Honestly, I don't think she's completely wrong. <laughs> but um, Mark jumps on it. He's like, no, you're right. It's because she's running me over. So Pascal says, because you know that, again, you are a lot, you have to give yourself to him in doses. I thought this was very weird advice. I get it. I was a little uncomfortable with how they kept saying she was a lot. But you're basically asking Lindsay to not be herself. How did you interpret that? Um, I guess they were asking her to not be herself. But you can be yourself and still be cognizant of the needs of other people. I think they were just asking her to back off a little. And the context of what they talk about in After Party... I think that that was some sound advice. Like, you need to give this man a little bit of space. Okay. I mean, I can see how it would be confusing because they also remind them you have eight weeks. You can't go slow. You can't. And it's like the things that they're saying that she's speeding up are not like bad things. She's just trying to be his person. So I don't know. It's confusing. I think what's going on is that he doesn't want her. He doesn't want her to be his person right now. Or if he does, he only wants a little bit. Yes, that's fair. 
So, honestly, I think it was the whole thing on the plane. That whole situation just got marked, like, eh. Six so, weeks. Six weeks. So, they're, what, one weekend? <laughs> they only got five weeks left before I swear to you they're done. <laughs> I could be wrong Lindsay's- about that, but this is not going well at all. No, they're not staying together. I can't remember at what point in the episode where I mentioned it, but that was the point where Mark was like, I'm not doing this. So he's out. Um, Lindsay says that there's a difference between pulling back and pulling out. I'm telling you, she's been to therapy. And she feels <laughs> like he is, and she feels like he has pulled out. Pascal tells him that he needs to affirm Lindsay and for her to know that he's still in it. I mean, good on Pascal for at least bringing something else for Lindsay so it doesn't feel like a pile-on and it's just like, Lindsay, you're a lot, you're a lot, you're doing too much. So um, she tells him that he should understand that Lindsay is coming from a pure place. So Lindsay tells Mark that he can't hold himself back because he's scared of what she will say and he's not giving her a fair chance and it's not fair to him. And to give her the benefit of the doubt. I think the problem with Lindsay is that her personality makes her the easy villain. But I do think that she has outbursts of where she's rational. Like, she makes sense. Yeah, she... she, I'm not saying that she doesn't make sense in this whole conversation. She actually makes perfect sense throughout. But just because your feelings are valid doesn't mean your approach is going to work with the man who you're supposedly trying to, like, be married to. Yeah. You just can't love someone into loving you back. My dude mm-hmm. is checked out, so he's out. He's checked out. So Pascal says that's a benefit, what she just said. And once again, he says Lindsay's a lot, but he should accept it. Oh, I just really just hated how much they emphasized that Lindsay was a lot. Mark the shark and was he- a lot until he like lost his house and bed bugs and all that other stuff. I think people forget that their energy matched perfectly before he met her. <laughs> He's <laughs> not Mark the cat. Um, Mark says that he appreciates Lindsay, but the difficulty is whether it's Cal, Pepper, or V. What is with this white man and not giving these people their titles? And then he called Viviana V. We don't know you, Mark. You can't do that. Put some respect on their name. So that they're not living here day to day and there are lots of conversations had when no one is around that triggers him. Alyssa comes by to see Chris. Sorry, I just segued into Alyssa, but I was over the whole Lindsay and Mark thing. I was just like, this is tedious. Especially when you realize that he doesn't care anymore. So Alyssa comes by to see Chris and my heart sinks because I was already grateful that we hadn't seen much of them. It wasn't the Chris and Alicia <laughs> show. And Pascal comes by and dives right in. So he says, Chris says, the big picture headline is, Alyssa has no interest in being married to me. She says we're not compatible. I believe the words she used were robbed, gypped, and it started the night of the wedding. <laughs> Alyssa says, she asked him, Pascal asked, when did it all start for you? She goes, you know, when I first saw him, I just saw that he was not my physical type. And I could have walked away, but I didn't. Oh, here's your gold star, ma'am. Uh, wow. <laughs> Then she started to get nervous when she heard his friends and family say things. Pascal asked her if they talked in depth about these things, and she said no, because things kept happening, and she felt like she kept getting pushed down the ocean and couldn't get out. Got it. She says she came in today wanting to work on things, and like she's mentioned before, like things like paddleboarding and tennis, she felt like they had a good time, and she saw glimmers of hope. 
you mean the two events where we saw that she was disgusted by him? <laughs> what are you talking about, Elisa? The tennis was the best one. And this is where I'm like, Alyssa had no idea we were going to see her off-camera shenanigans. Because during tennis, you were going off about what a terrible person he is and his hand gestures. Yeah. But yeah. you think you can come here and say, well, during tennis, we were fine. Yeah. <laughs> Liar. Wild. So Basakal stops her and said, I mean, but even on the wedding night, you didn't want to share a suit, a suite. She says, well, sharing a bed thing has never been something I'm comfortable with. <laughs> he had it. He said, you knew you were getting married. This is what happens on this show. You get married, you go on a honeymoon, and you move in together. You don't do four weeks in, four weeks out. It is not <laughs> marriage. <laughs> he says, from Chris's perspective, you were already showing a pattern of not wanting to be around him. This was the best thing ever. She says, there are many reasons why sharing this apartment isn't ideal for me. For one, we have two big dogs. She always sounds rehearsed. Like she sat down and put her PowerPoint together and this would be my bullet point. Number two, I am allergic to dogs. <laughs> <laughs> With a straight face, she said that. <sighs> Just in and case anybody like, forgot. And Alyssa's <laughs> opening package, half of her thing was about how she's like a dog fosterer. She fosters she dogs. dogs. She rescues dogs. The fostering was the one that I really paid attention to because I'm like, when you're a dog foster, do you, how can you be a dog foster if you're allergic to dogs? I don't, I, I don't know the delusion that Alyssa's going through, but she's like, and then she turned to Chris and I was like, I'm not sure if you know, but you know, I'm not allergic to my dog anymore because I've been around her for 10 years. I just, <laughs> I really admire Chris's restraint. <laughs> yes, because I'm like, gosh, she said all this with a straight face, and kudos to Chris for just keeping his mouth shut. At this point, it's so ridiculous, you can't even say anything. Because Chris does have a tendency to just kind of dig and just poke, but he was just, Pasaka was so confused. The facial expressions were golden. So she claims that she's been trying to look for positives, and then she starts tearing up, of course. I mean, why not? So Basaka asked her, so what are the positives that you found? And she said she hasn't found any. <laughs> <laughs> I've been searching. I've been searching so hard, but I just didn't find any. Well, even though she just said there were glimmers of hope when they paddleboarded, but okay. No. Um, and then Basaka said that, well, Chris has. I mean, Chris said he found you impressive. Alyssa says she doesn't like things the way things are, and she would like to move forward. And Kyle says, well, tell him. She does. She tells him that she's in a better headspace since she got home and she just wants them to figure out how to move forward. This is a waste of time because are you moving in? If you're not moving in, why are we allowing these lies to just continue? Because what better headspace? What moving forward? How? But we have, it is a day of reckoning and Chris has had it. And Chris says, for me, today, this is my decision day. Dun dun. <laughs> <laughs> so they come back for a commercial. And Pascal is like, So are you saying you want a divorce? And finally, people, finally, Chris says yes. Hallelujah. Chris uh, took Pascal this as far as he could as because he spent could. the whole honeymoon trying to get her to do this. And then he moved into that apartment by himself and he's like, she's not going to do it. So let me just take care of it. 
And if I end up looking like the bad guy on TV, so be it. Don't care. I'm done. I'm so glad he at least got to spend one night. He deserved it, as long as it wasn't her. So, um, Pascal asks Alyssa how she feels about it, and she cries and says, I worked hard to get here, and I didn't think this would be the outcome. What, what did you do? You cried hard, you complained hard, and then... <laughs> Every last one of those tears were for the apartment. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time she was crying, she's like, I'm never going to get to live in this apartment. That's what I thought she was crying about. I had to drive back to Situate. Um, Chris says it's tough. And, you know, he said he came into this with expectations. And he went from taking it slow to chasing someone who doesn't want to be chased. Alyssa says, well, if I didn't want to be here, I wouldn't be here. Chris says, there are a lot of reasons to be here, but marriage isn't one of them for you. And I was like, ooh, no fucks to give, and I love it. <laughs> and I promise you, a Pasaka, he smirked. I saw that smirk, and I swear on, my, on everything I own that I saw that smirk. I don't care if I made it up in my mind, but I, I saw him smirk. Alyssa says she has a problem with him saying that because it insinuates that she isn't here for the right reason, and she's not here for TV. And when he says that, it triggers her. The funny part about it is that he never said that she was here for TV. He could have meant the apartment. He could have meant you wanted to meet friends. Could have meant you wanted to lower your commute to work. I don't know. But she's the one who says, I'm not here for TV. So she Chris says, <laughs> Chris says, the second most important thing to me is a long, successful, happy marriage with who he's paired with. I'm like, well, what's one? And why didn't you start with one? But then he tells us, number one is like, he just wants both of them to be happy long-term, married or not married, and he feels like that's where they are. It's not what either of them wanted, but here we are. Pascal confirms that the road ends here. Chris tells us that at no point did he feel like she wanted to be here, and he's angry, he's frustrated, and there's this awkward moment, and Pascal's like, okay, and he leaves. And... Alyssa drops the keys on the counter and says, there's nothing to say. He's like, I wish you the best. And she walks away. In the she hallway, couldn't even she goes, wish him well. This trifling heifer couldn't even say the same words back to him. I wish you well, too. <laughs> Note home training. She's trash. That's right. I, I said it. <laughs> <laughs> she says, I'm sad about the situation and she just wants respect. She's not a bad person. And just in case we forgot, she is a good person. I can't believe she said that again. I'm telling you she has bullet points that she rehearses. I would be surprised if she wakes up and does daily affirmations. I'm a good person. So we see Chris pack up and he says, I don't believe in fate, in luck, in destiny. I think things take work and I was willing to do whatever it took. And it just didn't work out. He puts the key on the counter. He puts his ring on the counter. He rolls his suitcase out. And he leaves us now to wonder how they are going to make them fail. And that's how the episode <laughs> ends. <laughs> that's all well, I was I, thinking about. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. I'm so glad you mentioned it. Because somehow these people are going to be on our TVs again. If they're not, yeah. I would be pleasantly surprised. 
They are, but, because part of Virginia's rant was like, oh, that for those of you saying she's on there for TV, that you have to forget that we have contracts and they will find a way that Chris wasn't there, but they still found a way for him to film. So if they if it's about TV, you're still going to be on TV. But I think what Virginia forgets is like, you're on TV for a bad reason. You're not on there because <laughs> you're getting a glowing edit. With Chris and Paige, they did keep things going because the two of them would agree to work on their relationship in very odd ways. I don't think they're going to be able to do that with this Chris and Alyssa. Um, I thought it was very interesting that she accused Chris of trying to make her look bad. Mm -hmm. I'm a good person. It just upsets me that he tries to make it look otherwise. Mm. You You did that all by yourself. Mm-hmm. All by yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Aid. Who has your bouquet this week? Oh, I have to give it to Chris because <laughs> I really, truly believe that he was trying to not make himself look bad by breaking up with her during the honeymoon. Um, but then he finally said, "You know what? If I look bad, it's fine. I'm breaking up with her. This is not working, and it's not worth it to waste my time." Um, And I'm really, really proud of him for doing that. And I love that he has come out smelling like roses. (laughs) Because (laughs) because no one believes for one second that he did something wrong or terrible. We just think Alyssa's a brat. Yeah. And I hope his DMs get flooded like how everyone thought Gil's ruled. So he seems like a good guy. Who knows? His politics are straight. So, you know, it's always good to start with something. Um, (laughs) Who has your bouquet? Um, I have two people, um, Pascal and Chris. Chris, for all the reasons that you mentioned, just finally pulling the trigger and just ending this shit show. Pascal, because, I mean, his advice can be wonky, but I think he really did a good job navigating the couples and addressing their issues. Um, while we were doing the recap, I realized that I probably should have just thrown Steve in there because he did a really good job compromising <laughs> <laughs> with Noy the entire time, so... All right, who has your burnt ashes? My burnt ashes go to Michael about lying about stupid things. I really, truly believe he intentionally did not mention the two female roommates. I don't know how he thought he was going to get away with it. There is just something very shifty about him (laughs) that I saw this episode and I did not like it. Yeah. Who has your burnt ashes? As a reminder, I said I would never give it to Alyssa again, so my burnt ashes also go to Michael. For all of the reasons that she said as well. Yeah, this was a pretty good episode. You know, Chris really let us go out with a bang, and I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. So, guys, that's it for this week. You can find Tane with Nana on the Rewatch podcast, where they're rewatching Sex in the City. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at AlterCallMAFS. That's A L T A R C A L L M A F S. Um, We love hearing from you guys on social media. And obviously, if you tell us interesting things, we might mention it on the show like we did this week. Yep. We're available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for listening to our show. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. And please give us a five-star rating if you're so inclined on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. And we hope to see you next week. Bye. Bye.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.